Welcome back to the Nebraska Abilities Podcast. I am your host, Zach, along with my co-hosts, Nate and Andy. And we're here to talk about the uh, very disappointing loss to Maryland that our Huskers, uh, that they were received on Saturday. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this, um, but I think we were the first team actually to play in a bowl this year. This was the turnover bowl um, because it was, that's all it was, turnovers. That's 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 pretty much the story of the game, I think, uh, is nothing, nothing but turnovers, five specifically for the Huskers and surprisingly three for Maryland, um, which really then, you know, as you start walking back and just look at the game overall, really kind of tells you all you need to know, um, regardless of how good our defense did, which they did really well, um, our offense couldn't put anything together and uh apart from laying a goose egg that's about the only thing they did that they didn't do but more or less that's what it felt like they did um yeah (laughs) it's just an overall (laughs) disappointing game just uh, just a game that was not fun to watch um or listen to or watch on your phone however you may have watched or listened to the game it's just as as it went on you could just tell i mean Somehow Nebraska went back to the old ways of finding ways to lose. And it just, it was, it was heartbreaking is not the right word. It's just disappointing. Uh, and that is my quick thought. I will pass it. <laughs> yeah. As um, someone that went to the game, it was, yeah, like you said, it was a mixed range of emotions, cheers, a lot more jeers and if you didn't pay the six dollars or whatever it was on peacock you know congrats to you on saving your money and avoiding whatever happened saturday at memorial stadium it was you know not i don't even know how to describe it because there were so many things that just went wrong and happened and not I don't even know if I could have predicted that any of that would have happened. I would have, if you would have told me that before the game, I would have been like, yeah, but like how actually possible is it that all three of your quarterbacks that go into the game combined for five turnovers? I'm like, that doesn't seem possible at all because you feel like if the other two quarterbacks come in, it's like for a play or two because your starter went out like for off the field for a second or anything like that. And Oh boy, I I still haven't seen anything in the stat world of like the last time that a three quarterbacks played any sort of football game and turned the ball over <laughs> every like each stat that they turned it over. But we might be the first. We might be the first. <laughs> um we'll get into this with the offense more, but you know, as my uh little header said in the beginning of the video. Nebraska has a QB problem and it is absolutely terrifying that you go into the next two games having absolutely no idea what is going to happen at quarterback. Now you don't even know who's going to start. You don't know what they're going to do if they do start. Like I just, I don't even know. Um, And we can get into the whole debate of, you know, the third and goal play was that Satterfield's fault. Was it Shelvin not making the right read? Was it the receivers running the wrong route, not on the same page, so on and so forth? 
And then, you know, rules say it at the end of the game that like, yeah, that was like a low percentage play. It was supposed to be like either an incomplete or Chuba throws it out of bounds. And any any one of those options other than what he did would have been a better outcome than actually what happened. And the fact that like and I even when Rule spoke yesterday, it is very evident that he is falling on the sword for Satterfield and the offense and everything. Like he is taking a hundred percent of the blame and not throwing his coaches under the bus, which you like to see that in a coach. You like to see them take accountability, knowing full well that Satterfield is probably the one that called that play, you know, and it's I I yeah, I just don't know. Um with a third string quarterback in the game too, it's like why why is that even the play call? Like, what are you trying to accomplish here? Your defense has played well throughout the game, and it's like just run the ball, take the points, let your defense do what they do, and just see if they can stop Maryland. Because at worst, you know, you give up a field goal to tie the game if that happens. Um, you know, with they probably would have kicked the field goal with like three or so minutes left. So I mean, you you know, it's still plenty of time for Maryland to drive, but the end of the day it's just you know i don't know what nebraska does at quarterback anymore and i'm not even sure we're gonna know who's gonna start saturday until saturday i have a really really hunched feeling that unless heinrich is healthy by saturday it's going to be trouble and that terrifies the crap out of me (laughs) of and, you know, he looked good on that drive that he came in. I mean, he drove the offense 90 yards down the field in 11 plays before the interception. And if you would have told me at any point during the season that Chubba Purdy would have done that, I would have been like, no. I would have been like, it would have been like a broken play that went 90 yards, you know, something like that. Or it would have been some stupid little play and not like 90 yards in chunk plays getting down the field. But. At the end of the day, Nebraska is just too inept on offense to do anything. And I think the the difference that I see is, you know, Nebraska's five and five, and you compare this to Iowa. Iowa's eight and two, and they know what they're not good at, and they manage the game like that. And I think that is what Nebraska has to try to do in these next two games is, you know, I as much as I don't want to say you have to be like Iowa, I think Nebraska has to be like Iowa these next two games because you don't have a quarterback now in this any situation where you can trust them anymore. You're running the ball well. I mean, they ran for 183 yards on Saturday, and we didn't keep running the ball. Still don't know why, but um, I think Nebraska has to do what Iowa does is you have to rely on your defense. You have to get whatever you can out of your offense and just – try to manage the game that way safely because I know we all want to score a lot of points, but I think right now the offense cannot do that. And I think you have to let your defense give you short field positions for your offense to try to do anything. Cause that's how Nebraska scored their only points is the fumble right out of half. Uh, that set them up for, yeah, that gave them a touchdown uh, was that fumble. And then the interception on the sideline, Nebraska drove into field goal range and got the field goal. So, you know, Nebraska couldn't even start the start in their uh, opposite position and drive the field and try to score points. I mean, they had to score points off those turnovers on the defense to give them a shorter field. So that kind of what says all you need, what 
like you need to know about how the offense is right now is they're just not capable of sustaining long drives and scoring because they've only done it a few times this season where they drove 80 yards and scored a touchdown at the end of it. So, yeah, I those are like my initial thoughts is there's no hope. It's only pain. And <laughs> no, there's there's some hope, but it's it's now a lot of pain <laughs> with that. So. Nate, we'll go to you before we dive into what we need to do on offense. <laughs> yeah, I will say I know exactly why we didn't run uh, the football more. Um, that's because we have an offensive coordinator who has such a massive brain that us mere mortals cannot comprehend. And so he is playing on in a different dimension and winning games there instead of here. So we... We cannot fault him for that. He knows what he's doing somewhere else, and it's working there. I have all the faith in that. Um, but on a lighter note, I will start with the good side of things. Defense played lights out. They were thrown in a lot of really poor situations with five turnovers, and they still only gave up 13 points. They forced three turnovers. And I mean, in any game... Almost any game, I guess I'll say, where you only give up 13 points and you force three turnovers, I mean, you're going to have a chance. And more than more times than not, you're probably going to win that game. Um, this just didn't have to be one of those games uh, because of the other half of the ball that is just really struggling at this point. And I don't know what you do there. That is a conversation we'll have in a couple minutes here in our <laughs> lovely breakdown of the offense. But... Um, there were certainly sparks from everyone. Like, I mean, Heinrich he had kind of a rough start, but I mean, Jeff Sims, you saw, you know, an occasional pass here and there, and then he would, you know, break a run here and there, but then a turnover bug plagued him. Chuba, like you said, he drove us, what, 90 yards down the field, ran <laughs> almost to perfection, just, uh, in my opinion, was put in a really poor situation on that last play to try and do too much, but he did make a mistake at the end of the day, and that is something that, I mean, you do have to, if you're a player, you have to make the plays and execute them um, at the end of the day. So, there, so I think there has to be accountability on a lot of levels there. Um, and I don't know. 183 yards rushing, maybe maybe a couple touches more there, but I don't know. It, it was an overall just deflating game. It was one of those where we felt like, or at least I felt like we had it, you know, in somewhat control for the most part, and then we'd get another turnover, and then it seemed like we would start to build a little momentum on the offensive side, and then another turnover would come, and it was just almost a constant, constant roller coaster that was uh, really, really great for the mental health there. But um, ultimately, the Huskers couldn't pull it out. Lost thirteen to ten. Um, another just really close loss for them in a game they probably should have won. And I think was I hope I said this last week. Um, I might have just thought it, but um, regardless of what has what will happen with the rest of the season, like. Five wins is better than I think we anticipated. And I will be happy enough with that outcome. There is just a lot of what-if scenarios 
that are going to plague my dreams for a while here, especially with these last two games, um, knowing that they were at least within reach um, and just knowing that we have theoretically two of the tougher Big Ten West opponents um, coming up in Wisconsin and Iowa um, and just knowing that we had we had our opportunities and now we we have to execute really well in these next two games to go bowling and really kind of cap out the season. So uh, I hope we do and we'll have to see, but that's kind of my opening thoughts on what I saw on Saturday. I'll go ahead and pass it to Zach for our uh, vaunted offensive discussion here. Well, I'll start by uh, saying that I am the one that made the grave mistake last week of putting support for Satterfield. And if I've learned anything about the internet is that that was clearly a, a mistake. So I'll, I will quit doing that for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, moving on. Um, <laughs> All right. Defense. Ah, yeah. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, well, so I guess I'll start with a little bit of a positive and say, and this was, I guess, more whole team, but specifically on offense that I think is a huge key thing specifically to the offensive line is that the offensive line at least seemed to show up. Like we've been talking all year about how we've been seeing incremental improvement. And I think we finally saw maybe not like the next step, but we saw a good, we saw a good offensive line, not every play. I mean, that's just the nature of football, of course, but our offensive line played really well. Now, of course, I'm sure somebody in the world is like, well, yeah, it's just Maryland. I understand that, but they still had to play the game. So, you know, take that for what it is. Um, and the other thing that I thought was really good um, that kind of goes whole team argument is one penalty all game. And honestly, uh, uh, one that I'm not surprised was called, but was a bit questionable. I was like, eh, I see why it was called pass interference, but it was like, eh, meh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. 50, 50 kind of thing, but I don't referee. Uh, but yeah, by the way, the referee crew was having a rough time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I, I was, I rewatched the game today just to make sure that I didn't miss anything. And what I, apparently what I missed was probably the worst ref job. <laughs> and I don't mean like ref, like, Oh, the refs gave the game to Maryland. I'm talking about the worst job done by refs ever. I, I, they just seem like they were on a completely different planet for at least the first half. They seem like they were just gone. But regardless, that's not that's not here nor there. But um, I guess another positive thing I noticed as I was rewatching today with you know a bit more of a clear head, I guess, was that we actually found success in driving the ball down the field. Now, obviously that didn't always turn out great. In fact, more times than not, it didn't. Um, and I noticed they also had a stat that come up, it came up during the game that said we on 18.9% of drives or something like that. It's probably gone way up now, but like at that point in time, we were 18.9% um, of our drives for the year at that point had ended in turnovers. And it was, I don't know if it was the best, the best, the highest in college football, or if it was like third or something. it was up, it was up there. It was easily top five. So, you know, at some point we, though, based on that, I guess we probably should have known it was going to come back to bite us in the butt, but it really did on Saturday, uh, especially, especially even more disheartening when you have your defense ball out and get three turnovers of their own. Um, 
It just, no matter what, it always seemed like the offense, even when they did get something going, just couldn't finish it out except for the one touchdown they did get. And so, and even then, like that touchdown they got, it, it was just like, oh, well, weird. It almost just didn't seem like it should have worked, but it did. So it was like, okay. Um, yeah, I think my little blurb um, at the bottom of my name tag uh, when we started said something like, I want to see zero pass plays on Saturday. So like I said, I've learned my lesson. Don't don't support the coordinator or something like that, or whatever it's supposed to be. But <laughs> um, uh yeah, I don't know. I it's it's t- to me it was just a mixture of all things because you know why are we passing on third and six or whatever it was to try and get a touchdown when we could have just run the clock you know run it if you didn't get a touchdown you run the clock down some and you kick a field goal and you're up thirteen ten I mean we had at worst worst case scenario at that point would have been because our defense was playing well enough and clearly they held them to getting a field goal in the end anyway so I mean based on that probably would have been about the same result with probably an overtime play but you know with that said you know the overtime probably would have ended about this way anyway because our offense couldn't do anything especially i mean it seems like once they got to about the 25 yard line even when they had a good drive it was like well time to make a mistake and again that's where the argument comes up i think where maybe it's maybe it's more putting your players in the position that they should succeed in these positions but um, I don't know. Big brain Satterfield must have had some. And the the wor- weird thing is, is that like I could maybe see the logic behind the third and six pass if we had even Heinrich in there. Um, I guess that's the other thing that really boggles my brain is that all of our quarterbacks, I guess, if anything, the positive that comes out of it in quotes is that they officially have confirmed that the one thing we for sure need this next off season is a quarterback. And it, I mean, you know, we need an average quarterback at minimum, somebody that doesn't turn the ball over. Um, you know, and then looking back at that pass that Chubba made that seal the, the game ceiling interception, if you will. I mean, I, I looked at that. I watched that play four or five times again today, just like trying to see like, you know, asking the question, why are we passing here? And I could maybe see the logic of like, oh, they're expecting us to run because surprise them with the pass. But with Chubba in there, and I think they even admitted later on, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, that that was a play that he hasn't really run or like he's run it, but not not enough mm-hmm. to really be confident in it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And granted, I mean, you have to sometimes that just happens because Chubba hasn't been playing or, or he hasn't been probably practicing with the ones. So, I mean, that's just bound to happen in the situation we were put in. But I just, I don't know. Like there were so many, there's so many things that have happened with our offense leading up to this, that I think just culminated in the crapshoot that we saw on Saturday. And I mean, not, you know, obviously coaching needs to kind of figure out how to get your team there, but with how decimated we are with injuries, it's kind of it is kind of surprising that we're not just <laughs> literally running the ball every play or doing nothing but like short slants across the middle. And uh, granted, that I don't know, I I'm not a defensive guru, so that may be pretty easy to you know defend. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We had. 
4.6 yards per rush, which was not bad. 183 yards rushing, which, again, you'd think, oh, maybe we should lean on that more. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing a lot of those, though, came from broken broken down plays where our quarterback was supposed to pass it. Um, yeah, I guess I that was the other thing I did today, too, is um, we had 21 pass attempts and 40 running attempts, but I'm, I'm guessing these are a little skewed because of how many times the quarterback took off, whichever quarterback was in, took off running. Um, but I mean, technically speaking, we ran the ball 65% of the time, roughly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know, <laughs> maybe we need to run it 95% of the time. <laughs> um, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about it, but, uh, yeah, it's this, this was just a game. Our offense looked like they had no clue what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, except for in between the red zone. It was just like leading up to the red zone. And then every now and then obviously where the turnovers happen, like even Harburg's turnovers just looked, I mean, they, they all looked bad, but we knew the fumble from Sims was going to happen. It's basically at this point, like if I, 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 that's, that's like a price picks thing where it's like, Oh, like <laughs> Jeff Sims over under one fumble you hit. Well, I guess it'd be 0.5. Probably you hit the over on that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Our offense just didn't look good, and I think we got a lot to figure out. But I think going back to your point, Nate, just with how you know negative the offense has looked, is that this season has still been a net positive success, I guess, even if we lose out, because I was expecting, realistically, I was expecting like three wins. Um, mm-hmm. So we've already surpassed it. It, 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 uh, it will be a disappointing season if we got this close to a bowl and didn't get it but it mm-hmm. won't be a failure of exactly. a season if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um I think we've I think we've grown a lot as a team and we still got two games to play so I mean who knows. Maybe I made the joke I think on Saturday after the game I was like based on how logic has treated us in the past uh somehow it's going to all come together against Iowa which would be great. <laughs> it's going to somehow all come together. Well, no, sorry. What I said was the flip the script is going to flip for both teams. And so then somehow our two defenses, which are the best parts of both of those teams, is going to forget how to play. And then our, it's going to be like a 40-42 type game. And people are going to be like, what happened? And no one's going to be able to explain it. It's just that's how it's going to be. And people are going to be like, what? Um, but that's obviously looking ahead. So I have talked long enough, and I'll pass it to Andy for your offensive thoughts uh, about the offense, not not <laughs> things that could get us in trouble. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure we get that clear. Uh, yeah. Being Nebraska abilities now. <laughs> um, I think yeah. First and foremost, you have to uh, not turn the ball over five times. I think. Uh, that is not going to win you very many games, if any at all. Um, that, like I had mentioned before, is a culmination of all, all three of your quarterbacks turning the ball over. Sims leading the way with three of them, two interceptions and a fumble. And then Heinrich and Chubba both with interceptions of their own. Heinrich, Heinrich, I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback throw two interceptions on a drive and get away with it. Because the first one got called against Maryland because it was defensive hold. And... I don't know about you, but I think we should stop running crossing routes with Thomas Fedoni. Um, clearly, they don't work. Clearly, Heinrich keeps overthrowing him. Again, don't know how you overthrow a tight end as tall as him. Don't know how you lead him, but Heinrich seems to keep doing both. 
Turns out um, Fedoni's not eight foot tall. Yeah, he's not. Like he um, so, and I know, I think it happened during the Northwestern game too, is that exactly that's how Heinrich threw his first interception was again a crossing route to Fedoni. And that one might have been in and out of his hands, but regardless, still an interception. Um, then, then, yeah, Heinrich tweaks his ankle. Then we get to see the Jeff Sims experience. And boy, was it an experience because there were flashes that he looked better. And then obviously the turnovers happened. Um, you know, he led the team in passing yards with 62 yards. <laughs> Take that as what you will. Um, you know, I think I think his longest one was that completion to Kemp, or is that Purdy? Um. Anyways, you know, I I've said from the beginning that Sims is the best passer on the team. Obviously, everything with him is all mental of making reads and making the right throw. But in terms of mechanics and like an actual throwing quarterback between all three of them. I think Sims is the best passer of the three. Now, obviously, that has not resulted in very good things when he does do that. So that is also a big issue to work with. But, you know, some of those passes he made before the interceptions, uh, I mean, they looked better. They looked good. I mean, it's like watching just a normal quarterback through the ball, playing pitch against with his receivers. Um, his first interception, yeah, obviously that should have been thrown out of bounds. Uh, could have been the receiver ran the wrong route. Regardless, you know, I don't, I mean, he did that against Minnesota too. I mean, just throw the ball out of bounds, man. Like you've got nothing to lose throwing it out of bounds. Uh, that's the worst thing that can happen. Well, that's not the worst. The worst thing that could, could happen is what he did do. Uh, that's like the best case scenario is that you can't complete the pass. Just throw it out. Like, don't give anybody a chance to catch the ball Not even the defenders or your own receiver in that case. But yeah, it's. You know, you f- you would have figured by now that either Satterfield or Heinrich would have taught him how to hold the ball when he runs. And I think that has always been his fumble issue is when he actually did fumble. I mean, he just he carries it just with one hand, doesn't tuck it, just kind of spins, gets moved around and the ball pops out. And you're like, yep, that's usually how he fumbles. So are we surprised? No, Uh Considering that, I mean, like I said, he did show some good flashes and making drives happen. Uh, you know, he was on for the only touchdown drive, which again, probably shouldn't have scored. I said that in the moment is Satterfield got way too cute running a fullback reverse jet sweep <laughs> on the two yard line. So I, Satterfield is, he's too. He gets too cute for his own good, and I think that is what has bit him. Now, obviously, he's had to adapt and adjust to this new type of offense they've had to run because of trying to adapt to Heinrich. And I think, obviously, his plan all along was his playbook was mounted to more like a Jeff Sims type quarterback style where you can kind of open up with both a good mixture of run and pass. But the touchdown run, like, obviously, I'm happy it scored. Probably should have been stopped in the backfield, too. Just the guy missed the tackle. But, you know, on the two-yard line, I mean, considering Emmett Johnson was getting, I mean, averaging five yards a carry, basically. So, like, every other carry is a first down. So, like, if you're going to give it to him, I mean, he probably would have scored. I mean, 
the fullback could have scored just running straight up the middle. Like, why are you trying to run him on a reverse? I get the idea, but like, don't just don't stop it, <laughs> you know. But and then you get the Chuba experience, and for a very, very brief glimpse and moment, you thought, man. Is it going to take the third string quarterback from Nebraska to win this game? And it did very much look like it was going to happen when you get down to the five yard line. And now the process of those play calls that happened in the five yard line, not great. Uh, first play, you know, you try a play action run and Chubba runs to the side where there's nobody, not a single receiver ran that way. Don't know what it was. <laughs> Don't know what he saw or what happened, but you know, the second down play gets broken up for two, like negative two yards. That probably should have been the first down play, but you know, you ran most of that drive to get down there. Just keep running the ball. I mean, at that point in the game, you're trying to kill clock, trying not to give Maryland the ball back. Cause you pretty much got guaranteed points with Alvano from that range, you know, even kicking into the wind, that's still close enough where wind's not going to make a factor. But I think, I think, what rule and this coaching staff have to learn is just situational coaching right now. And that has kind of bitten them in the butt. A few of these games this year, definitely this game, it bit them in the butt a lot. And I don't know if it's a fact of rule just has to step in and be like, if he hears a play call, like he has to like overrule Satterfield or like somebody like, no, 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 we can't be doing that in this situation. Like we got to keep running the ball. Like, you're asking your third string quarterback who's never played more than maybe a couple snaps this entire season to come in and try to win you the game on the last drive. Like it's situational play calling like that. Where like, I know you want to win the game, but like, don't get overly complicated trying to call the plays for him. Like, it's not like you're calling in plays for Heinrich who's played most of this year or anybody like that. It's just, it's small stuff like that, that I think, it is going to take time for the coaches to adapt, but you know, rules been in the game long enough to where like, I feel like he should know that situation too. And you know, you're the head guy. And if he doesn't like, I know you don't want to step on the coordinator's toes and like the guys you hired and like to do their job, but you are the head coach. And at some point, if you don't like what's happening or like, you don't like a play call, you don't think it's good in that situation. Like, I feel like he has to step in and just say something like, no, no, no. Like that's, we should, you know, do this instead, or like we should try to tailor to this because this is what we need to do to kill more clock, not give Maryland the ball back. And it's it's the little situational stuff like that that I think is hurting Nebraska right now. Obviously, outside of the QBs being an absolute problem uh, for the entire team. But, you know, I mean, I got my wish that Emma Johnson got more than 13 carries. I mean, he rushed for seven, like had 17 totes. And then, you know, your other running back, Anthony Grant, had what night three carries? I think it said. You know, it just it just goes to show that you are trusting Emmett Johnson now to be your main lead running back, and he proved it. I mean, he's he's been hitting the holes hard. Uh, you know, I think probably that average got skewed a little bit because I think that last drive he had probably like a twenty-three yard run or something like that. Um, so help the numbers there a little bit too, but um, I think. You just you got to keep feeding him the ball. I mean, he's proven that he is able to handle a workload like that and stay healthy and just hit the holes. And you know, I that's going to come with time with just being smarter with about how hard to hit the hole, how fast to hit the hole, and all that. But yeah, uh, I, I agree with you, Zach. I don't want to see a single pass Saturday. 
I don't think you can. I have a very weird feeling still that Chubba's going to start Saturday. Um, you know, Rule obviously didn't sound very confident announcing anybody yesterday that who was going to be the starter for Saturday. But, you know, they're, the way he talked about it and the way that it sounds like, it's like, yeah, Heinrich's got a little bit of an ankle sprain. You know, Chubba's not 100% healthy, but Sims is healthy. But I don't know who's going to start yet, which is 100% saying that Sims ain't, ain't going to start. Despite being healthy Good. and able to know, like <laughs> the fact that, like, if you're not confident enough to say that now, like, just tells me he ain't gonna start. So, yeah, it's obviously, you know, this is not the offense that probably any of them envisioned. They're just working to adapt right now, trying to do what they can to get through the season until they can get to the offseason and get the guys that they need to come into the program to help. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is, you know, you still have to coach. You still have to coach with what you have to work. Like, you have to adapt. You have to do that as a coach because that's what coaching is. And, you know, yeah, Satterfield is to blame. Rules probably to blame somewhat, too. But, you know, I I can really go both ways of blaming them and not blaming them at the same time, given the injuries Careful, Andy. Not picking a side. I am neutral. Because I feel confident saying obviously nothing is going to happen to Satterfield at the end of the season. You know, I don't think confirmed by rule, I think. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not going to fire guys just like a bad, bad. Right. And it's not like the NFL where you can do that, like all willy nilly and just be fine with finding somebody else like college is just a little bit different in that sense for like, it takes time to build these things, but you know, Satterfield's going to be here next year. Hopefully we'll have a better quarterback next year that we can actually kind of do what we need to do and have better receivers and everything. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have an answer for quarterback either other than hand the ball off, (laughs) run the option, hand the ball off, you know, eventually if you can get a play action in there, that's actually going to work. Maybe try it, but it's, I think right now, like I said before, Nebraska has to do what Iowa does. And you just, you have to manage the offense in the sense to you get the running plays that you need to get done. You try to get yourself in some sort of point situation, take the points and let your defense do the work. Um, You know, as much as, as much as I, you know, you don't want to put all that pressure on the defense right now. They're your up there. They are your absolute best unit on the field and they are Nebraska's best chance to keep themselves in these games and win the games. Um, and they tried, I mean, you know, Nebraska forced those turnovers, gave their offense shorter fields to work with. And we scored off those short uh, field situations. So if we can just keep doing that, I mean, in Nebraska, yeah, theoretically should have won Saturday. Should have won against Michigan State. Should have beat Minnesota in that situation too. You know, given everything. But yeah, I don't. I don't have much more to say about the offense other than I don't know what to do <laughs> still. And Shovel's probably going to be the starter, and I think we just have to live and accept that, and probably just accept that they're going to turn the ball over at least twice a game now, because I think that's almost what they're averaging. It's that's at generous. least. Yeah, at least two to three turnovers a game. I mean, they lead the nation. They lead every single college football team with 27 total turnovers. 
That is almost impossible to do. Second highest turnover differential in the NCAA. Yeah. And obviously somebody has to lead that category every year. It's just, it shouldn't. Be I'd really prefer if it wasn't us. I mean, I, I'm not great at math, but that doesn't seem to be math. So, in my opinion, I think, you know, obviously Nebraska didn't listen to my key of the game last week was don't turn the ball over. They instead decided to turn it over more times than they have all year in one game. So maybe I have to reverse jinx that uh, for Saturday and say, dude, turn the ball over. And then they won't turn the ball over. <laughs> you, know, you know how I made the joke before? I think it was the Michigan State game, how they're going to figure out how to pre-fumble the ball or something before the game <laughs> starts. What if they're just doing it all now so that way it's like covered for the next game? So like they got all the ones that they'd okay. have at Wisconsin out of the way. I don't, think, I don't know Smart. if it works that way, but maybe we can hope that's what they're doing. We're going to have flawless games against Wisconsin and Iowa, Michigan State, Maryland. Great. <laughs> I would have to look up to see who's like even second behind us, but I have a feeling like even if Nebraska has zero turnovers the next two games, I almost have a feeling they probably would still be leading the nation and most turnovers. I'm almost like positive that's probably that big of a gap between us and the second worst team uh, there. But yeah, Nate, I, if you have any more offensive thoughts or if you just want to say, let's talk about the defense. You know, oh, I have I have plenty of offensive. Yeah, thoughts, I figured so you did. Don't you worry. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't get into my big spiel. Um, I already ranted enough. I think to you too. <laughs> the night of the game. Um, you, you both. You both were. Uh, if you both were on one. <laughs> if you saw my little blurb uh, in the bottom here, if you watch things on YouTube, I have a nice hashtag that says "Fire Sats." Um, I understand that right now is probably not the time to be firing an offensive coordinator, and I think he should get every opportunity to redeem himself through the end of the year. Um, but I think there should be a serious evaluation after the season <laughs> uh, to at least look at his body of work and um, contemplate things from there. Because... At the end of the day, uh, yes, it does come down to the players. The players are the ones on the field making the plays and playing the game. But if you are putting them in positions that they're uncomfortable with and that are not going to help them win the game, then I think you are just as much to blame as those players. So I have, I don't know. I personally have seen a lot of plays where it's like, Maybe don't do that. Maybe don't run shotgun on uh, fourth and short. Maybe don't pass the ball on third and goal from the seven-yard line uh, when you have 180 rushing yards and only 80 passing yards and three interceptions prior to that from your two quarterbacks that you started ahead of the quarterback that is going to be throwing this pass. Um, so... I don't get paid the big bucks to be an offensive coordinator, nor do I get paid the big bucks to make any sort of decisions related to this football team. But I will say that the product that has been thrown out there is less than stellar. And as a fan, I've been very just disappointed with how things have been run the past few games. And I suppose it would be a whole different 
conversation if we had somehow miraculously won these past two games you know you take a turnover away from the michigan state game and probably even this game and we're at least in position to win the game and i don't know we we could be having totally different conversation it looks completely different but um i don't know we we have a good rushing offense we know that you know that's our bread and butter uh, we threw for under 100 pass yards with three different quarterbacks. Heinrich went one for five for zero yards and an interception, which is just one of my favorite stat lines ever. Um, I don't know. <laughs> don't pass the ball in critical situations. Um, I like. I know you have to keep the defense honest and. To an extent, you do have to you have to throw a pass play in here and there. And I'm not saying just completely abandon it, um, but just be smart with your selection. Like like you said, Andy, it's, the situational play calling has just been baffling uh, to an extent. And I I get it. I understand. You know, wanting to go for the kill shot, get a touchdown, make it really difficult for Maryland. But at that point, you're like I said, you're on your third string quarterback. You have the opportunity to take the lead. You know your defense has been playing lights out. Why would you even open up the opportunity to give Maryland any momentum at that point? I I don't know. I don't have the answer there, and I I don't know. And props to Rule. He like you said, he's falling on the sword for Satterfield. He was very irate that we were, people were. Uh, kind of calling out Satterfield and saying that play calling wasn't an issue necessarily. And I hope that doesn't come back to bite him. I think rule is a guy that knows what he's doing, but I, we've seen with frost where he had his guys, he had his buddies and he didn't want to necessarily part ways with that. And at some point, I think as a coach, I don't know. I have never been a coach. So but I feel like at some point you know when things aren't going right and things aren't clicking. And I hope if and when that time comes, hopefully it doesn't come, but if that time comes, I hope he has the gumption to make the decision that might be difficult. Um, I think he can. Um, I think he would, but just his comments after the game have been <laughs> a little less than silly. I know you don't want to throw your coordinators under the bus, but, um, and to Satterfield's credit, he did mention in his, I believe comments today that there were some play calling issues that he wished he would have had back. And that is where I am. Again, I don't know that a mid season firing or late season firing really does much at this point. And especially with the person that we have, like, we're, we're running with a lot of non-starters, um, and so we're just kind of doing what we can. So I don't I don't know that firing right now would make any sense at all. Um, and I I am all for giving him a chance. If like we're like I said, we're not out of this. We're at five wins. We can easily go bowling if we just clean a few things up. Um, it comes down to the executing and. I don't know. Hopefully we can get it done. And I I want Satterfield to succeed. I will not say that I want anything bad for the guy or anything like that. I, I would love to see him turn it around, but 
he just needs to get out of his own way it feels like and just trust his strengths because like i said we're we're not a passing team and we know that we pass when we situation situationally need to but we lean on the run game and the run game was working we were we're averaging what i think you said 4.6 yards a game you said Mm -hmm. zach or andy and Mm -hmm. yeah that doesn't get us the seven yards we need for the touchdown on that last play but it Ideally, if we don't fumble the ball and it's a safe play, we kick a field goal and go from there. Um, and there were a couple other times on the interceptions where I'm like, I, I know we're going to pass it, but I would really prefer that we run it. And I don't know. it. Just know your personnel. It, it comes down to, like you said, you, you have to adapt to the players you have. And right now we don't have a great quarterback room that – can pass the ball with a whole lot of efficiency. We don't have, or we have a very uh, thinned out wide receiver room that is made up of mostly freshmen. And trying to call on them to make these big plays against Big Ten teams late in the game um, is certainly <laughs> a decision you can make. Um, it's just probably nine times out of ten not going to end up on the positive side of things for you. And like I said, I, I hope that he can turn it around. I, I If Satterfield wants to, you know, turn this offense into just a juggernaut running offense for the rest of the season, and then we figure it out with whatever offense, whatever quarterback we have next year, that's more suited to his system, play calling, whatever. I just, mm-hmm. I want to see smart play calling from him. And I just feel like we haven't gotten that. And that's been frustrating because these past few games, like I said, we, We've lost these past few games by six points, so it's not like we're not in these games. Our defense has been playing nearly lights out and last week. We'll see. But against Maryland, they, they held them to 13 points. They had three turnovers, so we can't say that we weren't in position to you know, be competitive and not win that game. It, it was squarely on the offense, and no, the play calling wasn't 100% the issue. The executing does need to happen, but man, just put your guys in position to succeed and they mm-hmm. probably will. Like that's that's all I keep coming back to is there there were just a few moments where it could have gone a much different way. And I think that the momentum of the game and the outcome of the game could have been totally different. because uh, it felt for the most part like Nebraska was in control, but like I said, like you said, Zach, it, it felt like it just came in waves and then we would just come crashing to a halt where there would be a turnover. Like the offense would get to the red zone and then throw the interception, fumble the ball. And it, mm-hmm. it was almost there. It was almost sticking. And then we just shot ourselves in the foot. And it's that, I don't know. I'll come back to it. I guess it's that inter- incremental progress, I guess, in a sense, but. You just got to finish it out at some point. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't have five turnovers. I, and I think I said I would have like like last week. My key was to win the turnover battle, and we lost that in spectacular fashion. So, I mean, even you know, you even if you tie them in the turnover battle, that was probably a vastly different game mm-hmm. than uh, the outcome was. So, uh, I don't. I don't know. I I think you're right, Andy. I think we see Chuba. I I am a little more excited to see Chuba. Um, I mean, he had a good 90 yard drive. 
capped off by the interception, but mm-hmm. out of the three quarterbacks, he seemed like the most competent um, of the three, and he seemed to know how to how to keep a drive sustained, and mm-hmm. I he could run the ball well. I mean, his, he was kind of out here with it when he was running the ball on a couple of those occasions, but he could run the ball a bit when we needed him to. He completed a pass to Billy Kemp, I believe, for 24 yards. Mm-hmm. Addison, he, he can move the ball when we need it to. And I think I've said it a lot. We just need some competent quarterbacking play. That's that's all we need. We just need someone that isn't going to turn the ball over and isn't going to try to go above and beyond what we need him to do. Just hand the ball off, make the short play, mm-hmm. pass the ball like when we need him to. And I don't know. Hopefully that's Chubba. We'll see. Um, I think it is an indictment on Jeff Sims that he has not been named starter when he is the only healthy quarterback. Um, I I don't know if Amigos is still running the promotion for the Jeff Sims. Uh, I hope not. Experience, but it's like I can only imagine. It's like you get this just immaculate plate of like crispy golden fries, but then you bite into the burrito and it's all like sour cream and lettuce. And then the drink is happens to be toilet water or something. And that that's, that's just assuming they, that part of the deal when you get is that you don't just drop it on the ground immediately. <laughs> that's that's like, the that's, other that's half. That's the experience. Like... <laughs> that's the experience right there. It's like, oh, here's your Jeff Sims meal. Oh, ten dollars, please. Like, I did. Uh, I did find the turnover march. Well, I guess uh, who is in second worst in the country. <laughs> Uh, it would be Marshall at 23 total turnovers. So only a four turnover gap. So again, like only four. Uh, I don't don't know. We'll extend that lead. Yeah. I was going to say, who knows even if Nebraska has zero turnovers, these next two games, (laughs) I don't know if Marshall would pass them or not. So, but yeah, uh, you know, defense, Zach, yeah, and they held Maryland under 100. I mean, I know they finished with 101, but I think up until that last drive, you know, the defense held them under 100 most of the game. Uh, just, yeah, they finished with 101 total yards, but I think that last drive kind of broke the defense a little bit in terms of, because they did give up some big runs yeah. uh, on that last drive. But, you know, we knew they would be a passing team. We knew that Baby Tua was going to air it out, and they sure aired it out and sure made us look very foolish on the defensive side in terms of the secondary, I should say. Yeah, I was going to say our secondary was by far the weakest yeah. of the group. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think we kind of knew that. We just really had yeah. a team that was pass-happy like Maryland was. Correct. But, I mean, still, 13 points is not a bad... Yeah, it's it's turns out 13 is more than 10 if you guys didn't know. <laughs> but uh so they for they're there they for therefore they got the win. That was hard that was harder than it should have been. <laughs> um I guess I will say I don't know if I called it, but I did say last week that I think the defense will have a bounce back game and even though this wasn't the most perfect game they've ever played, it was definitely a good one i mean they definitely yeah they gave up a couple big plays but even when they gave up uh outside of i think the one well the one touchdown that happened that was after the big play off their 25 or whatever it was uh where it took them two that drive that took them two plays to score 
that wasn't a, that wasn't a huge play that they scored on, but the the one before that, um, outside of that drive, essentially, mm-hmm. obviously, you know they they did their job and they held them very well, uh, elsewise. So realistically, I I really don't have much to talk about in terms of the defense, and I only say that because really the whole story of the game is just how bad our offense was mm-hmm. and. All of this could have been remedied if we, yeah, if the turnover, if we would have had just three instead of five turnovers, um, mm-hmm. because the defense was able to even get three turnovers of them uh, on their own. Mm-hmm. One that was definitely one that was super important, keeping them from going in the end zone, because mm-hmm. I think we got it back on like our four yard line or something like that, somewhere in that regard, somewhere in that range. And so it's like the defense clearly even after having what I would consider a bad game last week against Michigan state, I guess now, I guess two week, two Saturdays ago um, is they bounced back. They figured mm-hmm. out that of course the defense has playing, been playing really well all year. So when they didn't respond against Michigan's or sorry, when they didn't play well against Michigan state, I think it was kind of just known or you could at least feel like they knew that they were going to have to fix something and they did. And then they went out and then, yeah, like I said, they gave up a couple big plays, but the defense absolutely did their job. Uh-huh. And I don't think anybody's looking at the game saying, oh, the defense lost it for us. I mean, yeah, they might have let him get that field goal at the end, but <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know how you can say it was on them when again, we've all we've beaten the horse to death and turned it into paste at this point, but the offense just couldn't do anything. And so, I mean, I don't understand how the defense. Right. Uh, it's yeah. surprising to me that the defense still continues to play with as much heart as it does when it just knows that, you know, uh, our offense is going to have to trot back out there and do that. <laughs> but it's just, it's keep doing it. I mean, yeah, it's like you said, it's, you know, we've made it this part of the season and like they haven't completely fully given up yet, which is, you know, just credit to their mentality, the culture that Tony White rule have kind of put into the system and the players to just to kind of, you know, keep believing as much as they can and just keep trying to do their own jobs just to try to win the game. But yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's really tough to keep asking your defense to go out there five extra times on, you know, quick turnarounds when, you're hoping that, you know, they get a little bit of a break. It's like, oh, sorry, we turned the ball over again. Go back out there and stop them in your own territory. And it's like, well, you know, you can only ask your defense so many times to, for them to do that before, you know, they finally do break and give up eventually. And, uh, yeah, you know, the touchdown that they did give up immediately out of half, I mean, that was – we knew at some point that was going to – that was before. Yeah, it might have been after – after half but uh yeah we knew that maryland was going to come out and air the ball out and Hartzog got cooked on those two plays those were both his coverages and he got cooked on those so uh i guess credit to maryland for kind of recognizing that and just picking on him because it worked so but yeah i mean defensive line played as about as well as i thought they did i mean they had a fourth down stop they had some good stops runs up the middle um you know, up until that last drive, you know, like I said, kept Maryland under 100 yards rushing for most of the game. Um, you know, I know I remember texting you guys at one point. It was, you know, Maryland had like 63 or 65 passing yards and no rushing yards. And then Nebraska had like 66 rushing yards and no passing yards. <laughs> 
So it's like, oh, yeah, these teams know what they're good at, and they're just going to do that and what they're good at. So, but, you know, yeah, defense, you know, didn't have a bad game, didn't have a spectacular stellar game, uh, just had a, had a good game, you know, because they did, they did cause the turnovers that they needed to to help set the offense up in short field positions to score. Uh, that's something like we had talked about all years. They weren't super turnover heavy machine defense. Uh, uh, you could rely on to get you those plays. So it's nice to see that they were to get some of those and we were able to capitalize off them. But secondary got cooked most of the game and don't think we're seeing a passing offense like um, the rest of the season. You know, Wisconsin might be our best bet. Obviously, ain't Iowa uh, going forward. So, yeah, nothing more of the defense. They just you know, they keep doing what they keep doing. And I hope we take whatever money that Satterfield is getting and give it to Tony White instead. Who deserves it? <laughs> yeah, I I don't have uh, anything too bad to say about the defense. I mean, they my only thing I could really critique them on, I guess, is that they only had one sack. So, I mean, getting a little more pressure would be nice. And but I know. I think we had um, talked about before the game too. Is like we knew Baby Tua was better in the pocket mm-hmm. in terms of being able to step up because I mean he did. I mean he climbed the ladder. He did kind of get out of the pocket and extend drives yeah. and step up and make those throws in those plays. So you know it's it was yeah. I kind of knew it would be a little bit tougher to get pressure and sacks. I mm-hmm. mean that's you know the one interception that he did have is you know we got him out of the pocket and on the run and just forced him to make an errant throw, which I was hoping they would do more in that game because that's kind of how I thought they were going to make Maryland make mistakes was you get pressure on him and try to make those errant throws, you know, stepping up in the pocket or trying to scramble out of the pocket and make some errant throws on the run. But, yeah, that's not surprising either. They only had a sack. I mean, he's really mobile. I mean, that's just he's a good mobile quarterback in the pocket, and that's obviously very different than what we have. Yeah, and I mean, they were. It seemed like they were scheming to his strengths and trying to get the ball out quickly uh, for him. And I mean, it worked pretty well for him. It was it was a successful passing attack for the most part for him. Two hundred eighty-three yards. Uh, yeah, our our secondary. I mean, as you guys both said, not necessarily the strength of the defense, but I want to say they held Maryland under or at zero yards in the first half. I. Someone would have to fact check that, but I don't think Maryland had any positive rushing plays in the I, didn't have positive rushing plays in the first half. I think you're right, but, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So I mean it they opened it up a little more in the second half, but um again, you, <laughs> you can only do so much when the offense is turning it over um just about every other drive there. And I don't know that I was I was impressed with the defense. I like you guys said, they didn't. We didn't really see any quit out of them necessarily. I mean, they were put in really poor situations a lot of times, and most of the time they were able to limit the damage for the most part. That's really all you can ask. Uh, holding most, like I said earlier, holding most teams to thirteen points is probably and three turnovers is probably going to be a lot of games. It just so happens that uh, this offense is gonna make that even tougher. Um, so, which yeah, that sack, I did forget that sack was like a late corner blitz too, which mm-hmm. was really cool to see because I don't see that very often either in the NFL game. 
Yeah. Or any team like send a late corner blitz. And I mean, he, you know, Tua didn't even see, or maybe Tua didn't even see him. I mean, he turned, he looked to his left. He's like, oh, I'm already getting sacked type yep. thing. So, you know, it was a good play <laughs> call because I think, I think in that case, it took them out of field goal range either right before the half or something like that. And, uh, you know, they came away with no points on that because it took them out of field goal range. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a good play call when it happened and it obviously helped secure, like keep Nebraska in the game. But yeah, it was, you know, I don't know how much more I want to see of that, but, mm-hmm. you know, when it works like that, situational play calling where it yep. works, yep. <laughs> where the offense could learn. What? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> but, but I mean, I don't know. It we we force the turnovers like the clearly the defense is avid listeners of the podcast. We wanted to see more turnovers <laughs> last week. It didn't quite hit my, quite hit mine of the, the turnover differential. But that's not necessarily the defense's fault. Um, so I I don't know. I. I'm confident in our defense that they'll keep keeping us in games going forward. And unfortunately for them, they're going to have to, uh, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of positive progress from the offense going forward, especially going against like Wisconsin and Iowa. But, um, I don't know. It is encouraging to see, like you guys said, that the defense continues to fight and continues to try and put the best product they can on the field. And, are really really trying to win us games so uh, i suppose that is my my discussion on the defense uh, i hope they keep it up i would love to see them keep it up if they don't um i'll get real scared for this team <laughs> so, uh, I'll, I'll pass it to zach for the special teams our favorite segment of uh, uh they did something are... cool <laughs> that's true but still likely our shortest segment of this whole podcast tonight um, it is. but they did something cool I mean, they did have the fake, which I liked the play call. I still thought it was a bit gutsy, but I mean, Mm -hmm. any kind of fake like that's going to be. I didn't like what happened three plays after that, but yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, you can have that interception. You guys deserve this ball. (laughs) See, it's things like that, though, that's like, I can understand, you know, like that's the type of play that you're like, we have confidence that this is going to work. And those are the types of plays that if we had an above average, uh, above average quarterback that didn't throw interceptions and, you know, stare down the receiver or throw into triple coverage or any of the things that our quarterbacks did. They they did them all in spades, by the way, on Saturday (laughs) that, you know, that's the type of play that even if your offense is struggling, that's the one that gets them like, okay, look like, you know, that's the one that makes everything kind of start clicking and get them going. And I did like the play call and it was I, at first when it happened. So as I was rewatching today, I forgot that we had faked it. And so then when it happened, I was like, wait, what? So I had to rewind it because they didn't show the replay, or at least oh. I don't remember them showing yeah. the replay. Um, Cause I think we went quick after that. Um, but again, I mean, like we had the momentum after that and mm-hmm. you, I mean, that was still early enough in the game. It was like, well, you know, but I, again, I think it was a good idea. It was a good play call. Um, and I mean, and then we got, obviously shout out Tristan Alvano again for, it wasn't his longest field goal by any means, but he kicked a 38 yard field goal and made it and, um, and his extra points. So, I mean, you know, I, I think we're continuing to see good growth on the, uh, on the special teams front. 
the problem is it's it's hard to really gauge it because I, I guess punting was better than against Michigan State, but that was a low, low bar to clear. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really not a whole whole lot to touch on. Um, they didn't win us the game. They had a chance to potentially win us the game, but that's not the special team's fault that they didn't get it. Um, and, you know, they didn't lose us the game, which I still maintain in my in my arguments that at least we don't have that issue where last year our special teams seemed to find ways to, well, last couple of years, I guess, our special teams found ways to <laughs> give the game to everybody else. But, um, yeah, I'll pass to Andy. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we need to talk about special teams anymore. Uh, outside of the punt, I mean, they didn't really do anything spectacular. They didn't fumble a kickoff punt. You know, obviously, I, I would have liked to have seen Alvano, you know, kick the game, like leading field goal, I should say. But you know, that's more on the offense, not letting Alvano do that and. First I'm noticing place, a but... I'm noticing a pattern in what we're talking about. <laughs> Everything goes back to the offense. Just, yeah, throwing that out there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Nate, unless you have anything else to say, we can dip into I'll, the I'll fighting Luke in. Fickles. I'll chime in before that. I will just say Tristan Avala is a unit. Brian Bashini did better, which is what we wanted he him did. to do. He did, and he was so a captain. He, he was a captain, listener. which I was a, a little, I was a little bizarre when that did actually happen. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> the guy that had the worst game last week is now a captain. <laughs> so it worked. Yeah, it worked. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a complete tangent off of it, but kind of ties into special, I guess. Um, I had to pay six dollars to listen to Kyle Rudolph. Um, forget who half of our team was. That's and I right love. Too. Uh, look, I'm a Vikings fan. Love Kyle Rudolph. Great guy. Appreciate what he contributed to the Vikings. Oh, man. Um, it's turned into a Viking segment. Not like it. not his uh, not his best moment. Um, <laughs> I, I don't Did know. Did he call they, him they Chuba or getting, They kept getting our offensive coordinators mixed up, and then they... Maybe he knew know. something we didn't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but they there were them... a couple times where they they called the wrong wrong number, like wrong name, when someone got, got a tackle or an interception. It's like you could like clearly see whoever I, I think it was Javon Wright got the interception. They're like, yes, I think it was Buford or Hertzog got this interception. It's like his name's right on the screen there. Um, well, but, not um, only yeah, not I... only that they like you know like even when like other people do that like oh like this person got it then like mm-hmm. five seconds later they'll be like oh no sorry it was this person like they yeah. will they will correct their mistake so i was i was a little disappointed in that experience um that that was a little that, that's where it ties into special for me that was special special for me I, oh i my special six dollars special for a less than stellar there was a team somewhere in the my... stadium that was giving a very special <laughs> yes. presentation there I we get go you. yeah yeah gotcha. <laughs> not special in a good way unfortunately <laughs> i got you but i digress it's it's time to go rodent hunting uh in the <laughs> cheese country biting the cheese heads <laughs> i guess maybe that's more the packers but anyway um honestly 
my hot take. Oh, nope, nope, not doing that. Not doing no, it. No, not doing it. Dare. Nope, not doing it. Learn my lesson. No hot takes the rest of the year. Done. Um, this is going to be a a winnable game still, which is something that in the past few years that we haven't been able to say against Wisconsin. Well, as much as we can now, I guess. Um, the problem is, um, no matter how much Wisconsin might look bad, <laughs> I think Nebraska still has the capability to look worse, um, especially if we use the Maryland game as a reference. But Wisconsin has looked uh, less than less than their normal Wisconsin selves this year. Um, totally a, a winnable game. I mean, they're, I don't know. I wouldn't have considered them going through a rebuild necessarily like we are. Um, but it seems like that's what they're doing almost. <laughs> but I think the rebuild is coming because Luke fickle is trying to instill a totally different type of offense than what really works at. Well, I shouldn't say what really works, but what should have probably worked this year, which is your normal ground and pound type, what we should probably be doing. <laughs> You know, what? turns out when Wisconsin copied our blueprint blueprint with Barry Alvarez, you know, maybe we should start stealing it back. <laughs> but, I, you know, I digress. I'm not going down that road. But, um, yeah, I mean, Wisconsin just hasn't looked the same. Um, and again, I, I don't know what exactly. I mean, outside of the, the dairy raid that they're trying to do, which I love the name of that. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean, I think Luke Fickle will be a good coach at Wisconsin, but this year he's making it a tough uphill battle, showing that he's going to do it well. Um, but I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure someone would could say the same about Rule and whatnot. So, um, I don't know for this one. I, I think my keys to the game are pretty much what they're they were going to be last what they were last week too, which is. You know, lean on the defense. I think the defense continues to play well. Uh, they, they're going to have to, I think, because even though their offense has looked a little suspect, they still Braylon Allen. And if we know anything about, historically speaking, um, running backs against Nebraska gain somewhere between like 200 to 400 yards on us, probably within that realm there. So I think um, as long as we can, you know, keep doing the rushing defense thing, and kind of lock them up on that and make them pass. That's a good thing for the defense. So lean on the defense and actually, you know, make, you know, make them, make them either commit to the run and make them prove that they can run it on us, which I think we would be able to lock up pretty well. Um, and, or make them pass it and make them really work for their, their yards and their points. Um, I'm nervous to even say it and hope but oh, dear god keep it under two maybe turnovers at this point i, I i'm not at this point i i'm not convinced we're going to be able to get zero turnovers <laughs> um but uh, i just and the worst part is i'm making these kinds of thoughts and predictions with not even know who our starting quarterback is but i don't know it probably doesn't even matter <laughs> um all of our all of our quarterbacks if we have the same three quarterbacks next year going into the year, um, they're going to need to take the giant, uh, gi the biggest, the most giant of leaps ever 
in order to be con- <laughs> in order to convince anybody that they're a starting caliber uh, QB. But uh, yeah, so lean on the defense and specifically with the defense, make them pass it, uh, make them earn their yards uh, where they haven't really been successful doing that. Um, <laughs> limit the turnovers. Maybe you know, maybe I should give a realistic goal. <laughs> And um, I think Rule mentioned this, uh, you know, this is obviously like his goal, but he mentioned it in his uh, press conference, I think today where he's like, I just want the guys to play. Um, And I think that's, I think that does kind of tie into why we're seeing such offensive struggles because they're trying to play so hard to not make a mistake that they end up making more mistakes. And he's trying to essentially whittle that out of them. And so, I mean, that, I'm taking that as the I'm taking that as the thing that they need to just go out and play, um, but maybe play a little better and don't turn the ball over. <laughs> or if you're the defense, get turnovers. Um, and I guess I, I'll throw another key in there that maybe the defense has to somehow find a way to get a score or the special teams get another blocked kick or something. But those seem like hard, harder keys to the game. <laughs> so uh, I'll pass to Andy. Yeah, uh, pretty much similar keys. You know, if you if you can't turn like not turn the ball over, limit the turnovers. Uh, you know, I think two right now from Nebraska is kind of the safe range to not totally get them out of the game. But I was, I mean, I don't want any turnovers in the first place. But I think you know that two is the buffer range of whether things are going to start going south more or kind of keep Nebraska in the game. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, Wisconsin hasn't particularly played well, like you said, Zach, the past couple of games, you know, uh, losing the Northwestern one is really kind of a more surprising loss, uh, all things considered. And, you know, apparently all of this past couple of days, you know, Luke Fickle has had to come out and said, like, you know, we're trying to get guys to band together, which is really not what you want to hear. Ten games into your schedule, you know, all of that kind of should be set out by the end of spring ball and the summer into fall camp. Like you shouldn't be here in your locker room trying to like, you know, say we're not playing well together or like we're not coming together well. When that really all should have been sorted out at the beginning of the season. Regardless, again, I mean Nebraska's not in any better situation in terms of playing wise to have any say in that either. But, you know, like I've said, I have a feeling Chubb is probably going to start Saturday. Um, I, I don't know what the offense does. I don't know how they're going to run the ball. I don't know how they're going to pass the ball. I don't know what Satterfield rule have cooked up in terms of what they want to do. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a game with very low expectations, and if Nebraska wins, I'll be happy. If they don't, I'll be like, it probably did something stupid to lose the game, <laughs> to be quite honest. So I would love to see like better situational coaching and playing. Um, that would be, I think, a step in the right direction to either just get more confidence of the fan base back into the coaching staff of, you know, ours – are the play calls or is the coaching situation just manageable? Is it not 
stupid dumb play calls that we keep to keep doing. So I think that would be a good step in the right direction if you take it, anything out of this game is the Nebraska will avoid the stupid play calls, penalties, situational stuff that they couldn't get out of their way the past couple of weeks here. So yeah, limit the turnovers, do that. And Nebraska has, I guess, a fairly decent, maybe decent shot of staying in the game or winning the game. Um, you know, Wisconsin has not looked as good anymore, like I've said. And yeah, Seth, I mean, trying to win in Madison's always tough no matter who goes there. But I mean, Northwestern just did it and we beat Northwestern. So by transitive property, we're better? Question mark. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's night game in Madison, no matter how good the Wisconsin or Nebraska is. I mean, it's always at a tough environment to go into and to play. Um, hopefully Nebraska just runs the ball. Emma Johnson now gets 20 totes or more. Uh, I think that is what they have to start going with is he's clearly a good running back and clearly a guy that you can now sort of depend on lean on more to handle the ball and not cost you too many turnovers to win the game um, or at least keep yourself in the game. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what to expect out of Saturday. <laughs> and I guess that kind of all comes down to whoever they decide is going to start Saturday. And that will kind of set my expectations. So yeah, Nate, your keys, and then we'll get into some predictions here. Yeah. So I think my initial key is going to be um, just showing up on the road because that last game against Michigan state was um Bit, bit rough to take in, and hopefully, hopefully, defense has learned the lesson there, and hopefully, everyone has gotten that out of their system um, where they can just go out and you know get to the game once they're once they're in there. Again, it's a night game in Madison, which is always just a tough environment. But uh, I don't know. I I would like to see just a little bit. A little bit cleaner, a little bit of an edge to the team uh, going into the game. Because uh, even, I mean, the Illinois game before that was their last road game. And even that had its moments, especially early on, even with the defense, where it was kind of shaky. And so if we just come out, play our game, yeah, it's going to be a hostile environment. But we just need to show up and, and ball out. And like you guys said, limiting turnovers is going gonna, gonna to have to be key. I will continue beating with the drum of my my key of trying to win the turnover battle i think that would be a wonderful goal for us to set i don't know that we hit it but um i would really like to see it <laughs> if we could force two turnovers and maybe give it up one time i think that would be a vast improvement I was gonna say i think it starts <laughs> with the uh offense doing yeah. their part first yep so i i'll i'll stick with it uh maybe by the Iowa game, we'll be able to figure that one out. Um, but winning the turnover battle, I think, guarantees a win. Um, keeping it at least tied, I think, gives us a chance. So I will I'll leave with that. Uh, hopefully, I mean, Braylon Allen is going to be their, I think, focal point. Uh, luckily, our running defense has, for the most part, stayed pretty solid. So hopefully we can keep them bottled up. But as Zach said, uh, if the past dictates anything, uh, you will be running home with about a thousand yards on the day. So hopefully that doesn't happen. 
and hopefully we play our game, force them, force them to pass the ball, force uh, what Tanner Mordecai to go over the top of us. Yeah, our defense or our secondary is a little suspect, but um, make their weakest part of their offense go against our weakest part of our defense and see who wins there, I guess. So those are kind of my keys. I can see the secondary (laughs) doing kind of what the rest of the defense did this week and rebounding Mm -hmm. though and have an improvement this week. They seem to be able to do that uh, as opposed to the other (laughs) side of the ball. So they they might have a chance of actually being like, oh, like we didn't play well last week. We'll play better this week. Yeah, who knows? I, I would love to see it and I think they're capable of it certainly. So all right. Those are well, those are my keys, and I think it's time to get into those sweet, juicy predictions. Well, I know I said I was not going to do hot takes, but I'm guessing this could be perceived as one. I'm not saying well, it's a hot, your take, hot take, <laughs> but I'm going to say this is probably going to be perceived as one. But my... Nebraska 50, Wisconsin 10. No, no, not oh that. God. The offense no. figures it out. No, but I have noticed was, the trend of... I was going to say two punt returns and four pick sixes. Oh, I'm not, not, even, not even going. Nope, not touching any of that. I, I, am, I have started adding, because since, <laughs> since we can do any kind of turnovers that we want to do, I've obviously started adding those to my predictions. But in this case, no... Oh. Um, I think Nebraska does, uh, I, I think Nebraska does somewhat rebound here. How well they rebound, I guess is yet to be seen, but I've also noticed that, uh, the big 10 West is doing this really cool thing where they are trying to get the lowest ever, um, under over under ever. Um, so I'm sure like when we play Iowa next Friday, that, that over under is going to be like 28. If not, it like way lower like than that, five points. <laughs> <laughs> we actually hit it two, three or three, three. Um, no, um, I do think we're going to somehow find a way to stop them outside of like weird plays. But my prediction is that we went, we go in to Camp Randall and win 13 10. Oh, and um, with that, I also think we're going to have <laughs> one fumble and one interception. Might as well just will it into existence now. I hope that's it. I hope that's all we have. But, you know, a guy can dream. I will go 10 to 8 Nebraska. I I am at the point where I'm just going to throw out some wacky Big Ten West scores and see what hits. <laughs> I have absolutely no rhyme or reason as to to logically how that score gets there and how that happens, but I don't think it's going to be a conventional way of how I got happens. it. I got it. We're going to somehow score 10 points. They're not going to score anything. Then they're going to score a touchdown with like four minutes left. Go for the go two. For, go for two. <laughs> Try the onside so they can kick the field goal to win it. Not get the onside. We run yeah. the clock out. See, that's, that's how it's going to happen. That's the logical if way. That happen, if that happens and I have this recorded, I you you guys owe me like 20 bucks. I, you're wrong. It's going to be two field goals in the safety. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> nah, this isn't the Iowa game. It's not going to be anything. As, it's not going to be anything as simple as that. Could be a touchdown, missed extra point, and a safety. That could that could be a conventional True. way of getting True. there. It's going to be one of those. <laughs> it's going to be one of those. It's going to be one of those conventional. Yeah, let's not start. Doing this for, let's not start putting safeties in there. Good God. I. Nope. 
Nope. Not, <laughs> not going to take the bait. <laughs> not going to say it. Nope. I had something that I was going to say. Not going to say it. I'll say it after. <laughs> How about you, Nate? Uh, so this is an interesting game. Like we said, it's a night game at Camp Randall, which I think is going to be an absolute nightmare for us. Um, Here comes five to two from Nate. <laughs> Wisconsin is a four and a half point. Favorite. Have we noted that this the is over under is thirty prime time at NBC as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, let's get into that. Like, <laughs> ooh, prime time Ohio State versus Michigan State. Let's. Hmm, yeah, let's watch but that. We're game. on NBC primetime, Nate. <laughs> yeah. We no, mean I'm not, something. This this might be a game. I, I don't know what <laughs> this Ohio is certainly State, a Michigan game State. of all Did time. Did they have yeah. Michigan Purdue the week before? It's like, okay. Um but yeah. <laughs> over under hey. 36 and a half. I will uh follow suit with you guys and continue to hammer the under. Um Big Ten West. I don't I don't know where I'm going to get this score from, um, but I'm you going don't have to know. I'm going 17-15 Nebraska. That's fine. <laughs> We're at the point where any Big Ten West score doesn't have to be logical. Points it just has will to be get scored. There. It doesn't matter how, but they will be scored somehow. <laughs> so five field goals. Yep. That I. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean that's not the only way it could happen, I guess. But I don't, I don't know. These <laughs> one, are great. one touchdown when then another touchdown with a mixed extra point, and then a safety is another way to get fifteen there. Oh man, the safety, <laughs> the safety calls here are something. I'll tell you what. Um, just, uh, just throwing it. <laughs> well, the universe can do with that what it wants. It could be some. Dan Orlovsky safeties. I mean, that's yeah, I guess so. I hope not, because I know how safeties work and, you know, they're not going to favor us ever. So, <laughs> um, all right, well, let's hand out an award. Uh, all the QBs. I was going to specifically say Jeff Sims again, since he he's already three. there though. Yeah. But I mean, f- fire him deeper into the core, I guess. I mean, three turnovers and you've had, he's had multiple chances now to be like, Hey, like you can retake the lead spot. You have the tangibles or, you know, you have the abilities in you to be the leading quarterback. And you've shown that you just don't want to do it. (laughs) So that's why I'm saying it because he had, he literally had it in the palm of his hand to be like, Oh, I could be the starting quarterback. And then like he does with the normal football, he said, Nope. And got rid of it. So that's my pick, but I, I don't I don't hate all three <laughs> quarterbacks. Unfortunately, we're gonna need them back. So yeah, what's that SpongeBob meme? Like the no, nah, I don't really wanna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really feel like I don't really feel like being a quarterback. <laughs> Here's oh, the ball. <laughs> I don't I just <laughs> unless you get okay, so my vote is all all the quarterbacks. Nate, you're tiebreaker. I, I it's none of the quarterbacks. I'm firing our intrepid, massive brain offensive coordinator into the sun. <laughs> if mm. we can fit his entire brain onto a spaceship, I don't know if that's possible, but 
You're going to feel real silly when he pulls out all the stops against Wisconsin <laughs> and you're like, all right, he did the thing and he improved. I will gladly eat my words if that is, if he saves the best two offensive performances for Wisconsin and Iowa. But you're, uh, you would be right. I, I would also be very impressed. I haven't seen it yet. And so I will continue to criticize him until I do. Just see saying, it. we until were able to, we were able to beat <laughs> Iowa last year with an interim head coach. Anything's possible. I know we're on Wisconsin, but like, do you do you know the caveat Trump? to that situation? <laughs> we had Trey Palmer. Yeah. We do not. We also have had Trey Casey Palmer. Tom- did Casey Thompson play that game? Yes, he did. That's what I thought. Okay, I, I can remember if he was hurt that. But we had Trey the, Palmer. If the internet is good at anything, it's at bullying people into doing better. So. I am going to will this into existence. <laughs> I was going to say, who are you going to pull? <laughs> uh, if I've also learned anything from the internet, it's that nobody ever overreacts ever to anything. What? So, no. nah. Thankfully, thankfully, Husker fans don't ever overreact. So, luckily, <laughs> we are the most level-headed uh, fan base ever. <laughs> um, and we aren't passionate. Well, we are passionate, but not to the level that it, it turns into overreactions. Just yeah, that's not a thing that we do. But yeah. Uh so radio show about that, but good thing there isn't. That's fake. That's not a real thing. Um <laughs> let's see. Yeah, all right. So we all got somebody different, but that's fine. We can make the we can make the shit bigger. It's the offense, it's whatever. Okay, it's the <laughs> offense then. Guess they're going back up to get some tans. <sighs> all right. On to trivia. <laughs> so last week, thanks to Maryland being um a team that we never played hardly ever uh we didn't have much for trivia in terms of great questions but we did get two responses um so the question last week was <laughs> what is a terrapin and what's the average life lifespan of said terrapin the correct answer is a turtle of, of some sort i don't know what makes it special but it's a turtle sorts and um and the average lifespan is Nate, I think you said what it was. It was like 25 years. 25 years. Okay. Well, we had two responses. Both got the turtle. Oh, yes, they did. One was Chris. Congrats. Um, <laughs> yes. I don't know who this is unless it's one of you two. Um, Are we Mr. stuck in the ballot? <laughs> well, no. There, The name that was put down was Mr. Brightside. Ooh. Yeah, see, that ain't me. That's me, but it ain't me. I don't, I don't know who this is. So we've got a we've got a mystery on our hands. But the answers, oh. the answers they gave were even better. Um, <laughs> the and we debunk this based off the answers. What they responded, the terrapin was. I guess they're half right at least is a bipedal turtle, which I. I don't know. I didn't look anything up. I just uh, Nate said these should be the questions last week, and that's what we went with. So I didn't look it up. Um, but they said Blind the average. Faith in Nate. But the average <laughs> lifespan of that they said was sixty nine. Obviously, nice. Uh, that also doesn't that doesn't narrow down who I thought it was going to be. Never, never did I think I should have had the toggle that said, um, you know, collecting email addresses. But, you know, I thought that was kind of scummy to do that. So I didn't do that. Um, now we'll never know, Zach. Yeah. Way to go. 
So uh, whoever Mr. Brightside is, congrats on your point this week. We're, I'm giving it <laughs> to you for me. creativity. Uh, I'm giving it to him for creativity. <laughs> Chris also gets a point. I mean, he got it right. But like <laughs> they got they I'm giving out multiple points this week because they, you know, they were creative. I have no idea who you are, but congrats. <laughs> um, and then so for this week, uh, the trivia question is. When is the last time that the Huskers beat Wisconsin in Madison? And the bonus question to that is, who was the head coach at that time? So, one more time. When is the last time the Huskers beat Wisconsin in Madison, Wisconsin? So, what we're just looking for a year. I don't need the. We don't need the full date unless you want to put it out there. Um, and then, who was the head coach uh, when we won? Um. And as always, if you have played our trivia before, you know where to find us. But if you haven't and you're just joining um, at the tail end of the season, uh, we welcome you. But also, you're behind. Um, we have all in the descriptions of wherever you consume our podcasts, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever. There's a link that says submit your trivia answers here or it takes you to our there's another link in there that takes you to our link tree which then also has a button to submit your trivia answers. Or if you watch on YouTube, um, all that's in the description or at the bottom of the video, there is an email, nebraskabilities at gmail.com. Um, we accept all other forms of answers. However you want to send them, you just will have to let us know because sometimes, you know, we might not be looking for them as if you send it in the mail. So um, I kind of, I kind of beat the joke on the other ones, so I figured I'd just leave it in the USPS <laughs> box this time. Um, so, yeah, those are the ways to submit your answers. Um, one more time, if you weren't listening to any of that, when is the trivia question? When is the last time the Huskers beat Wisconsin in Madison? And who was the head coach at the time? And that's, I think, it. Mm -hmm. I'll go around the horn for any last-minute thoughts. Otherwise, we'll wrap her up. Scares by 90. Always. Still a volleyball school. Also good women's soccer. Good women's athletic school. More than good, actually. I, I think we can finally call ourselves great. We can at least... Sorry, <laughs> women's... At the women's sports stuff. I was um, going to say. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm try, you know, I'm trying to, trying to be honest. I mean, we are number one in volleyball. Undisputed, yeah, yeah undisputed yeah. number one. Thank you, Penn State, because I think Stanford was three, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yes. they still are. I think they still are. And we've but, already beat them, but they also have a couple of losses, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, there is there is no question. That we got a nice little two game buffer in the Big Ten standings yeah. for volleyball. Nice. Stop the count. It's over. I would love to, to stop the count. Yep. So, uh, this is completely unrelated to football, obviously, but I do wonder, do we think John Cook, if he, if he wins a title this year, do we think he retires? I don't want to think about it. I don't, sad. I personally I don't, don't think, think he does. does. I don't Not think yet. he does. He still seems like he's got quite a bit in the tank, but yeah. you know, there's been talk of it. Yeah. He's also got Jordan Larson back working for it's like, hmm, <laughs> I wonder who's going to get the next head coaching job when he retires. Scott Frost. Oh, oh no. no. 
You know what a monkey paw is, right, Nate? <laughs> we don't want monkey paws. I think we already have one for our football team. We don't want another one. Oh, no. <laughs> but, all right. With that, I say let's wrap her up, and uh, we'll leave you with uh, thanks for tuning in once again. Thanks for sticking with us through the season. If you've been here for the whole season, thank you for prevailing at Trivia Answers. Subliminally, if you haven't done it, you should do that. Um, and I just told you all the ways to do that. And finally, if it's a possibility, it's a Nebraska ability. <laughs> <laughs>